0: I learned way too much at a young age while riding the bus. The birds and the bees had nothing on me. This world is a strange one. I was quite the loser in high school when I was a senior, 17 years old. I did, of course, have a driving permit, sure. But though my family worked hard, they couldn't afford to get me a car. So I bravely continued to ride the bus to school every day since I was five. And boy, at the age of five, did I hear the most disgusting words coming from the older kids in the back. Young darkness became a man fast. Seriously though, all of that is pretty tame compared to the real horrors that could have been. As you are about to see, when you wait at the bus stop or ride the bus, you risk all sorts of terrifying dangers. Enjoy these allegedly true stories from the bus and bus stop. But first, I'm looking for your true stories of creepy dates. If you've got one, send it to me at deathbyfear.com. Thank you. Now, I hope the bus fare isn't too expensive. Oh, it'll only cost my life. Yeah, I think I can afford that. Number one, The Bus Driver. Submitted by Gamzee. I've lived in Alexandria my whole life, thus having to ride the same buses for a number of years. There is one certain driver that drove me home for at least five or six years. His name was Carl. To give you a description, he had white receding hair and a face that was always in a scowl, as if it was locked that way. Let me tell you ahead of time that Carl was the closest thing to Satan himself. Anyway, he drove my bus, Bus 41, a bus full of mostly middle school or lower-aged kids. I assume that you all currently know that kids love to talk and sit next to their friends. Anybody does, right? But Carl thought it was the summoning of the Antichrist or something. God forbid we enjoy the ride. He would pull over the bus if he heard one whisper, and might I say, for an old man, he had the hearing of a cat with hearing aids or something. If he was angry at some kid, he would yell at them until they cried. It was like tears on the kid's face was his finish line and he was not going to stop until he reached it. I hated Carl more than anything, watching him yell at all those little kids until they cried. In fact, on multiple occasions, if Carl got angry enough, he would delay our trip home by parking the bus in 80 degree heat for 20 minutes. He would turn off the air conditioning, making sure we got sweaty, After all, he did have a fan in front of him, but the worst was yet to come. I was on the bus one day talking to my friend M about something, I can't remember what, when we feel the bus come to a sudden stop. It's so sudden, we nearly hit our faces on the seat in front of us. We both looked up and saw Carl storming towards us. He continued to yell at us for talking and handed me a green slip of paper. This meant I was forbidden to ride the bus for the next week and my parents had to sign it. I later showed my parents the slip and they were pissed. They asked me what I did to get it, so I told them. Together, we read through the rules and we saw there was no rule about talking in general, only the usual, no standing when the bus is in motion or no eating or drinking on the bus. After a week, I showed Carl the slip He yanked it out of my hands and then forced me to sit in an assigned seat. Everyone knows assigned seats are for fourth graders and lower, but I was in seventh grade. Em and I had never gained our seat freedom back that year. And eventually our other friend, let's call her T, was also forced into an assigned seat further away from us. Then Carl began to target my sisters. I'm an extremely protective sibling and let's call my sisters N and F. Carl decided to yell at one of them for talking, and I lost it. I yelled back at him, trying to defend my terrified sibling, only to see him coming back at me with what looked to be a fly swatter with the plastic flat part removed. He reared back with it as if he was going to hit me with it at any second. My mom made N and I switch buses because the school district refused to fire him. They said they couldn't. F wasn't as lucky though, she had to wait a year to change buses. But before that, F came home one day with wide eyes. She plopped down her backpack and sat at the kitchen table, sadly. I asked her what was wrong, and these were her exact words. Today, I found out Carl beat a kid with a fly swatter. In and I sat in silence before In asked about the cameras on the bus. You know those papers about the rules taped up over parts of the bus? Well, one day we found out those hide the cameras. A few days later, we also found out that Carl, he would occasionally keep kids on the bus directly in front of their stops just to yell at them a bit longer. I'm sharing this story to spread awareness of this driver. Poor T and M are still stuck on that bus and though we're now in high school, they're treated like two-year-olds from the 1800s on a daily basis now. They're threatened with that fly swatter thing and stuck in an assigned seat. Every day, some poor kid is verbally abused by this psycho. Number two, some drunk at the bus stop. Submitted by Darius G. Before I begin, I want to say that I'm 25 years old and this is the first time I've ever told anyone about the event, and while the events are true, I can't exactly remember everything that was said. Anyway, this happened about two years ago. I was just getting off of work from an eight in the morning to 2 p.m. shift at my job. It's a local grocery store, and I was feeling a little beat and needed a place to sit and wait for the bus to come. Normally, I use the bus stop closer to my job, but it was the end of the winter, and the bus stop I normally go to didn't have any benches out yet. And you gotta know I needed to sit really bad. I was exhausted, and my back hurt from standing all day. I had to head up to the next bus stop, which was only two short blocks away. I sat there once before. It was peaceful and had a very comfy bench. And at the time, I was able to get there with some time to spare. But in this case... I wish I'd stayed at the usual stop. I never saw it coming. I'm less than a block away from this bus stop when I see this man, a strange man. He had a long white beard and a button-up shirt that wasn't buttoned all the way. It wasn't buttoned up at all for that matter, and he had no undershirt underneath. I'm guessing he was homeless, but I couldn't smell anything. I could tell right away that he was plastered which was odd because it was basically the middle of the day. As I walked past him, he said to me, Hello, friend. Do you have a one I can borrow? I was kind of startled that he had talked to me at all. I just wanted to walk past and get to my bus stop quickly. I made up my mind and just intended to ignore the guy. I I know it sounds rude, but this guy was very obviously drunk. He made Captain Jack Sparrow look sober. Anyway, I continued to walk by the guy and I saw the bus stop dead ahead when I heard him say behind me all of a sudden, well, fine, uh, I guess I guess you hate me. I wanted to tell him that I don't know him, that I couldn't hate the guy if I've never met him before. I've never seen him in my life and believe me, I see a lot of homeless people where I work. I made it to the stop at last and I sat down to my heavenly bench. But unfortunately, not two minutes later, who should stumble by to the bus stop? The homeless, drunk man. He sits down next to me and asks me, so, why why do you hate me? I was getting fed up and frustrated. I just wanted to relax. I didn't want to talk to this weird man. So I decided to speak my mind. I said to him, Sir, I do not know you. I know this was pointless arguing with a drunk, but sometimes a man needs to speak his mind. He replied with, But you still hate me. I answered, I can't hate you if I don't know you, sir. Then, do you want some vodka? Sir, I don't drink. Not at two in the afternoon, I replied. You're cute he followed up with, would you please just leave me alone? It was at this point I had realized another person had come to the bus stop, a woman. Since I didn't have a cell phone on myself, I went up and told her what was happening. She had apparently heard some of the conversation as she was one step ahead of me. She took her phone out and began to dial the cops. When I turned back to the strange man looming over me, he was now holding the biggest knife I had ever seen. I mean, he barely had any clothes on. I had no idea where he pulled this knife from. It was one of those deadly looking bowie knives. Ah, come on, why you gotta be like that, he said, and he sounded really angry. And the look on his face told me he could do anything at any second. This guy was a crazy drunk. There's no telling what he would do if we set him off any further. Luckily, the bus arrived that very second and I basically threw myself on board along with the woman. Away from the man who didn't follow us inside, I don't think he had the capacity to at that point, the woman dialed the police and I watched as the man passed out on the bus stop bench, the knife falling to the concrete ground. When I saw that, when I finally felt safe again, I couldn't help but think that that was a close one I still ride the bus back and forth to work. That man may have been harmless, I don't know, but with a weapon like that and with his judgment completely clouded, I wasn't going to take the chance. Thankfully, I've never seen that grease rat again. Be careful at the bus stops. You never know what kind of strangers you'll run into. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the roaring twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Number three, Bus Stop Stalker, submitted by Colin B. This happened to me on a very bad Friday. It was after school and I just got dropped off at my bus stop. I was usually the last drop off and was the only person riding the bus after school. But this particular Friday, I will never forget even though I wish I could. Now, my bus stop was in a quiet road and hardly any cars passed by there. When my stop came to, I did what I was supposed to. I got my stuff ready to get off at my stop. When the time came, I got off the bus and began walking home down the road to my house. And only a few steps into my small journey, I saw someone across the road staring at me. I did what any kind of person would do, and I waved and gave him a friendly smile. This wasn't strange at all. Just another person on the street with me, I thought. He returned the favor, waving and smiling back. But the thing is, this person never stopped looking at me. Every time I glanced back at them, they were still staring. All they wanted to do was sit there and watch me. I started to think that maybe they were drunk or on some drugs, or maybe they were one of those awkward people that had staring problems. Of course, I continued my walk, not looking back afraid that he was still staring at me. I could feel his eyes drilling into me, but even after a few minutes, I could still feel that I was being watched. I glanced behind me, but I no longer saw the person. Now, before I continue, both sides of the road are all nothing but jungle. I continued my walk, but the strange feeling got worse and worse. I did not feel safe, so I did what I thought I had to. I began to pick up the pace. I ran half the road and turned to the street where my house is, and at that point, my house was less than a mile away. I was almost home, but that feeling was far from gone. I looked back again, trying to make sure I wasn't being followed, and I saw him. He was on the same side of the road as me now, and he was still staring. All at once a flood of emotion filled me. I felt afraid. I felt angry. Why the hell was he following me? I put my foot down and asked him, what do you want? But he didn't reply. He simply stared, and he remained unnaturally still. But then suddenly he began talking and as soon as I heard his voice, it startled me. Hello, how are you? I was getting really upset at this point and more terrified by the second, but I stood my ground and I yelled toward him, why are you following me? He just stayed silent and stared at me. I'd had enough. I turned around and ran towards my house. When I got home, I felt my heart stop. My parents weren't there. They usually were, but today they were gone and busy with God knows what. So I was home alone with the stranger that had been following me just outside. I felt far from safe, but instead of standing there just thinking, I locked every door and window and breathed a sigh of relief. Surely I was safe in my own home. A few hours went by, when I heard a knock at my door. By then, I'd forgotten about the guy following me home and I was trying to enjoy the rest of my day. So I walked up to the door, immediately thinking that this guy was back. Instead of opening the door, I ran to the window and I opened the curtains halfway and looked out to the doorstep. My stomach turned when I saw him. He was standing at my door just waiting. I closed the curtains and I ran to the phone I called my dad. He called me stupid for calling him and not calling the police, so he did it for me. Once he did that, he got back to me and told me to go to my room and lock the door. He said to hide until the police arrive. Before I ever hung up the phone, the man began banging on the door and yelling, open up. I didn't reply a word. I simply did as my dad told me. I ran to my room, locked the door and barricaded it and I hid inside my closet under some clothes. Thankfully, the police arrived far faster than I thought they would. It must have only taken them about five minutes and they knocked on the door. After being completely sure who it was, I opened the door. They had one of the officers stay with me while the others walked around the property. It was a few minutes later when they came back with a man in handcuffs, the same guy that had been following me. They told me that they found him hiding in the bush in the back of the house. Once the police said that, my dad drove down the driveway and saw the guy. I was so glad that one of my parents was home now. He jumped out of the car and right away began yelling at the guy, asking him, why the hell were you watching my son? Of course, though, the man didn't listen. He just kept looking at me with a wicked grimace on his face. The police saw that he was looking at me, and quickly dragged him into the police car. The officers said that they'll call us when he was released. When the police drove away, he was still staring and giving me chills. I couldn't sleep that night, and my dad told me that he was going to drop and pick me up from now on. So thankfully, I didn't have to go back to that creepy bus stop. But what really scared me was what the policeman said when he got released. The man hadn't done enough to warrant a prison sentence, just probation, which means he was out of those handcuffs and back in the free world in the matter of days. Even though he didn't, I kept expecting him to make his way back to our house at any time. Number four, Creepy Bus Guy, submitted by Anonymous. I'm 17 years old and I currently live in London where there are red buses nearly everywhere you turn. I don't live in central London, but I do live in a place within London where there are still a lot of the famous red buses out, so it isn't always busy in the area. I mean, little to no tourists come to this part of town, so nearly everyone in this town knows each other or has at least seen one another at least once Well, this happened when I was in year seven, when I was about 11 or 12 years old. I recently moved to my secondary school with my twin sister. My strict Asian mother never let me and my sister go out and chill with friends. The only time I was allowed out was when she forced my brother to come. My older brother was one year older and we were all extremely close, but he was quite a shut-in. We treated each other more like friends and we don't mind being together or being seen together for that matter. One day, my mother needed us to go run errands as she needs to take care of my other sister who was four at the time. So we did her shopping among other things, all of which took about an hour. On the way back home, we had to take one bus, which drops us off nearly directly to our house. Like literally, our house was about 15 seconds away from the other bus stop. When we got on the bus, there were a lot of other people but not all of the seats were taken. There were a few empty seats, but right next to those empty seats, there were strangers. And for those of you who don't know about the London bus layout, the seats are close to one another. So none of us wanted to really sit in close proximity to these strangers. And being young, the three of us decided to stand the whole ride back in the baby buggy area as there were no buggies occupying this area at the time. While we were on that bus, I saw an old fat man staring intensely at me. At first, I thought he was intrigued by my ethnicity. You see, I get a lot of people who stare and they try and guess our ethnicity as this town was mostly white and Asians are pretty rare. However, I noticed him touching his groin area while staring at me. As I looked down, I saw that he was exposed and let's just say he wasn't scratching himself Being 11 years old and Asian, I never had the talk with my mom about these things. And being a girl, I assumed that the man had some sort of tumor or something and that he was in pain. And if you're wondering about our physical education class, it was divided by gender. So we learned about female stuff while the men learned about their stuff. So all in all, I was completely clueless and it's probably better that I was. That way I didn't understand what was happening right in front of me. I turned to my older brother and asked him, hey, do you see that man over there? Is he okay? My brother turned to the man. His face completely changed. His expression went from curiosity to disgust and his skin went white. He said, don't look. I, uh, I don't know what he's doing. Just Just mind your own business. I could tell that my brother knew exactly what it was. He just didn't want me to know so that I didn't get freaked out. With that, I tried to ignore the guy, but I always caught him in my peripheral vision, which made me look at his direction for a short second, only to see him still fondling his things. When his bus stop came, he gave me this stare, and he winked at me, I kid you not. Then he covered himself back up and walked off the bus. He never stopped staring until we were out of sight. I honestly thought he had some sort of disease, that the man was just sick. But looking back on it now, I know exactly what was going on. Yes, the man was sick, but he was sick in his head, not physically. Recently, I brought this incident back up to my now 18 brother but he doesn't remember the incident at all. And my sister was oblivious to the whole thing. Thank God, actually. For those wondering why no one else noticed, well, the layout of the London buses was different to other buses. So you had to be able to be standing at the right angle to see his junk, which unluckily for me and my siblings, we were at that angle. Honestly, I hope he doesn't take it to the next level and actually try to do something to other kids. Well, let me restate that. I hope someone catches this guy and has put him in jail already. And number five, Psycho Kid at the Bus Stop, submitted by Isaiah. I was in the third grade, and this event had happened to me after I'd moved into a new neighborhood. The setting of where I lived can be described as moving from a desert neighborhood to a neighborhood that is mostly what families are living in now, that typical storybook suburban setting. After a couple of months of being in the neighborhood, it was mostly peaceful while living there until one morning that changed my life. So me and my sister, who was in the first grade at the time, had been walking towards the bus stop and waited with the couple of kids who were already there. As we waited, My sister was talking about something that I can't remember, but out of nowhere, this kid with blonde hair and was a bit chubby walked right up to me. I didn't even know the guy, but he pulled out some needle and shoved it as close to my head as possible without it touching me. I was frozen in place and wanted to scream, but I didn't dare move, that needle was too close. But my sister did scream and she just stood at her spot and nobody knew what to do. After a few seconds of this, I was able to walk again, and my body took me away from the guy a couple of steps, but every step I took, he took another step as well, keeping the distance. Take note that the other kids were just as dumbfounded as I was. The blonde kid laughed every time he got closer with the needle, and soon the bus came, and he hid the needle behind his back. The kids who had been watching just got on the bus, ignoring what had happened, and the psycho blonde kid with the needle climbed aboard as well. But I was paralyzed until my sister suddenly shook me and told me that we still needed to go to school. I quickly did what my sister told me, and I got on the bus, keeping a close eye out for that psycho. I sat on the first seat that was close by the bus driver with my sister seated with me as well. I was hoping I didn't have to deal with that kid anymore. I was hoping that he was set far away from me and he didn't notice where I sat down. And luckily, the rest of that morning ride was quiet. The school day was long as usual. And after it was finished, we had to ride the bus back home. As I was getting on the bus with my sister, we saw the boy again. He was with some friends sitting in the back staring at us. We just told each other that we could tell our parents after the bus had dropped us off. The ride was quite painless, and when we finally got off the bus, we just ran towards home like our lives depended on it, and we got home in a record five minutes. Once we got in, I automatically cried to my parents, and they were, of course, worried of what happened to me. I told them everything that had happened about the event with the boy that had threatened me with a needle. After this, from what I can understand, is that my parents had told the parents of that kid about the event, to which his parents stated that they will talk to their kid about this. After this, thankfully, everything went ordinary for me and my sister. We did see the kid again, but he didn't bother us, and after a few months, we just no longer saw him around. This event really got to me as a kid. We had moved after one year later, And before we moved, there were other strange things that happened while we were there in that neighborhood, but I'll save those for another time. It's been nine years since my run-in with the needle guy, and I hope that he's gotten the help that he so desperately needed. The next time you find yourself waiting for that crowded bus, keep your eyes open It might get boring, and you might even be tired after a long day. But if you don't pay attention, you might just feel a sudden sharp pain in your back. You'll only realize that some psycho stabbed you after your vision begins to fade. And worst of all, you just missed your bus. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your creepy date story soon at deathbyfear.com. Thank you.